on today's episode of Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. The recording button has been pressed already, so everything's good to go there. Joe and Chad are back. We've got we've I mean we've got we've got three segments this week because I fucked up last week. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about the retro ratings that we have already talked about. So we might streamline those a little bit because we've already talked about quite literally the entire pay-per-view with the exception of the main event. because uh, that's when we figured out that I'm a dumbass. Well, at least at in that moment. I guess we already knew that I was a dumbass. Uh WWE decided to take two hours to announce Survivor Series teams. Uh, this year and they did it on twitter talk about that a little bit uh some more fallout from the releases that we talked about last week when we got that breaking news on last thursday when we record and we'll touch on john moxley a little bit uh just because that also just did not get recorded last week so SummerSlam 1998 weekly recap and finishing out with predictions for this saturday's Full Gear pay-per-view from AEW. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. Are you guys ready to start it up? Yep. Yep. Let's go. Welcome into episode 32 of the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling. I am Dylan, joined by Joe and Chad. Everybody looks a little bit tired, with the exception of me. Chad just got home from that place. Joe, I think, just woke up. I've been up for about, I don't know, 12 hours now. Been drinking steady. I've been, I've been ready to do this for a few hours. How's everyone doing? I'm tired. I resent the fact that you said I look tired. I, I feel I feel pretty good. Yeah? I got I'm some tired. actual sleep last night. Nice, dude. Well, do we want to talk about how stupid I am, or uh, did we just get all that out of the way last week? Because I didn't get any of that out of the way last week. I'm pretty upset. You are so stupid. Okay. I'm, I'm good now. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. Uh, sorry to everyone, but now we have an extra long episode this week. So, and obviously this one's coming out on Saturday because Full Gear is on Saturday. So, extra long episode gets you through the weekend if that's when you're listening to podcasts, or uh, if you want to listen to the predictions and then for some reason go all the way back and listen to the rest of the episode when your week starts. You're welcome. We threw in, uh, threw in the retro beer ratings that were supposed to happen last week. Uh, so I just want to touch on just the, the biggest piece of news that 
didn't get talked about last week, or at least didn't get recorded last week. John Moxley going into rehab. Uh, they've obviously they obviously hit on it on AEW Dynamite last week, especially starting with that CM Punk promo that we touched on, and then there was also a clip after Dynamite that uh, I saw on Twitter where Tony Khan was in the ring with Danielson and the best friends, and basically just kind of getting the crowd to, I don't know, just kind of clap him up, cheer for him and acknowledge the fact that it's a good decision to help yourself, which is what Moxley's doing and feel, I mean, I feel good for the fact that he's getting help for himself. Yeah, I can second that. It's a pretty manly thing to do to like say that I need help and you want help and go get the help. So I'm glad we're making it mainstream that it's okay to go get help. It's a good thing. Good for him, especially with like the family situation of having a new kid in the house and like what he's going there for. It's probably a good thing he takes care of it now so he can be there for his family and stuff. So agreed. Yeah, that's probably something I should look at. I mean, I'm probably not gonna go to rehab, but I should probably look at uh slowing down on my drinking once once I have a kid. But not here How yet. How soon is that? How soon are we looking? It's uh He'll be here soon. Very, very soon. We are Exciting. in we are in month eight of pregnancy. Leslie's huge. Exciting. Leslie's huge. That's I mean that's, say that. <laughs> I mean she would, say that. she wouldn't disagree with me. She I mean, she's constantly the one that's like, Oh my god, I can't believe I'm so fat. I was like, You're pregnant. Like, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're supposed to look that way. That means it's that means something correct is happening. You're fine. When really she's I mean, she's not, but all kinds but. of all kinds of normal pregnancy issues that I feel like a lot of women deal with. Um, I definitely feel definitely feel for women, uh, especially pregnant women. Just seeing my wife go through this seems seems pretty tough. All I had to do was have well, a great time. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> so, uh, moving on to the news from this week, getting off the news from last week. Uh, WWE threw a swerve on us uh, last week with releases and then followed it up that weekend with announcing the Survivor Series team's via Twitter. So I'll go ahead and say what the teams are right now. So on the men's side for, for Raw, you have Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, and Dominic Mysterio. We'll talk about that later. And on the SmackDown side, Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Sami Zayn, and uh, Happy Corbin. Almost said King Corbin. And eight out of ten of those people two weeks ago were on the brand they're going up against. It makes no sense. Like, why would you even want to be in the match? If, I mean, obviously they don't actually give a fuck, but like, if you want us, if you want the fans to give a shit about survivor series, like, I don't know, survivor, survivor series should not be a month after the draft is basically like what I'm getting at. It just, it makes no sense. Neither do the people on these teams. These teams 
seem heavily weighted. Let's just say that. Uh, I don't think the Sami Zayn, Happy Corbin team have a, a very good chance against a five or whatever you want to think about a, a world champion team on the other side. Well, yeah, at the time of announcement, four from former world champions, and now it's five. I'll just go ahead and say it. Bobby Lashley. Dominic Mysterio won the WWE championship this week. I said four. I said four. Fuck off. Bobby Lashley uh, took down Dominic Mysterio on Raw this week, and basically Dominic had to win the match to stay in the match for Survivor Series or stay on the team. Uh, he didn't because obviously he was facing Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley fucking destroyed him. And now we have all all five of the Raw members are from former world champions, whereas you have two former world champions on Smack, on the SmackDown side. Who? Drew McIntyre oh, and Jeff, yeah. Jeff Hardy. Yeah, Drew and Jeff. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm tired. I mean, you have two former and I guess one former, one current King of the Ring winners. Yeah, that's and then, a title and then, means a lot in the last 20 years. And then you have Sami Zayn. <laughs> The, that's uh, an NXT champion. Okay. That's true. That's a, true. An intercontinental champion. Yep. That's about it. Uh, that is actually just it. That's he's that's a he's list. he's a SmackDown seasoned vet. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. basically what his gimmick is now. Until he ride <laughs> until what I'm assuming is him riding off into the sunset. Um, but then we have the women's side. So the Raw team: Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan. Carmella and Queen Zelina taking on the SmackDown side of Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, Natalia, and Aaliyah. So on the SmackDown side, you have Aaliyah, who's never had a match on SmackDown, who probably gives a whole lot of shits about her brand. Uh, You have Natalia, who at this point in her career, a whole lot of people just don't care about. You have Shotzi, who has done next to nothing on SmackDown other than turn heel. And then and then you do have Sasha Banks and Shayna Baszler. Um, I mean, only only one person on the SmackDown side, former champion or former uh, women's champion. And then on the raw on the raw side, you have Carmella, Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, who are all former women's champions. So Things are looking good for the Raw side as far as the five-on-five matches go, in my opinion. Well, you got to outweigh the fact that Roman Reigns never loses with some yeah. five-on-five wins for Raw. So, yeah, that was... It's looking very predictable is all I'm saying. At, for right now, yeah. But those matches, a lot of times, I feel like it, it can always go either way. You kind of just have to try and find the person that WWE would want to see as the sole survivor and pick that team. Like, who cannot take a loss on either team? And I feel like this year they've kind of built it in a way where, like, on both sides, you don't really have anyone that cannot take a loss. See, where I disagree with you is you said they've built it, and there's, there's no building here. So <laughs> Yeah, it's true. They announced the teams. On Twitter. On Twitter. God damn it, WWE. What the fuck? What the fuck are they doing with everything? I don't know. The releases, the name changes, the Twitter announcement of matches. Flailing. 
I have no idea. Survivor Series has just gone down the drain. It's it's just not fun anymore. Like hasn't been good since that NXT one. Yeah. I mean, that was was that two two years ago or three years ago? The I think it was two years ago. The one where NXT won the night. NXT just like destroyed everybody. Yeah, that was great fucking. That one was an awesome Survivor Series. There was also that awesome five on five match, like I don't know, four or five years ago. It was the the men's five on five. It was like one of the best five on five matches that they've ever had. But yeah, like every now and then they they find a diamond in the rough as far as Survivor Series goes. But yeah, it just doesn't look like it's going to be a good one this year. Not really looking forward to it, but those are usually the pay-per-views that have very good match quality. So we will see. Uh, And then going on the topic of the releases, there was Nia Jax who put an Instagram post out uh, basically talking about her mental health and how WWE had asked her to return by November 15th. And basically WWE told her she had to be back. And then she requested like another extension on her leave of absence because she was not mentally all there. And then they just released her. Well, while that sucks, I'm not going to miss Nia Jax. Like, yeah, I know we don't, we're not, we're not, none of us are huge fans of Nia Jax, but like that's still really fucked up. Yeah. We're also making the assumption and saying it's fucked up that they're related. And I'm not overly sold that they are related because let's remember that since her WrestleMania win, there's never been another Nia Jax main event. There's never been another Nia Jax championship run other than the tag team titles, which we don't talk about at that time. And then recently, it went as far as she didn't even get drafted until talking smack. Raw talk, whatever the fuck, which one she got picked on. Smack and Raw. So like Smack and Raw, Raw, Smack and Smacking It Raw, Talking <laughs> Smack, Raw, like I don't know what the fuck. It was one of those. Um and she was drafted like in a group of people that are never gonna make appearances on the show. So I think she'd already kind of been relegated to that group that was most likely to get cut. And then there there's still the the Rumor, I don't think it's been confirmed or denied that a lot of these releases had to do with vaccination status. Really? I haven't seen that one. I didn't, I did not see that either, but I, it would make sense. A lot of stuff that I saw was like the people they released. uh, I mean, especially Keith Lee were were quote unquote, like tough to deal with backstage. I heard some of them were older and newer talent that they didn't want to try and build up. So they, they were a lot of the NXT people that were too old to start a new, and it's a continued push of the, the youth movement, like a carrying cross and Keith Lee fit in that category. But having followed Keith Lee on social media, I would not be surprised if it fell on the anti, sorry, carrying cross on social media. I would not be surprised if that fit into the anti-vaxxer group. Yeah. I mean, Nia Jackson, that statement you were just talking about, specifically called out she said i had never heard anything about vaccination status before the release and then she also talked about her mental health and that was after i i read reports that it had to do with that so i mean i could see that being the reason why 
still, I don't know. I, I, I like I said, as much as we're not huge fans of Nia Jax on this show and her wrestling ability as as a person, because I don't know her personally, obviously, still just fucked up. But I don't know. Yeah, I hope she gets the help she needs. That's end all be all. We all hope she gets the help she needs for that. Hope it's not related. Exactly. So that's really all I had for the news other than some name shortenings, which we'll get to during the weekly recap. But we're going to start the show with our retro beer ratings that I almost said got cut short, but just literally didn't make the cut last week because I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, SummerSlam 1998 from Madison Square Garden. Uh, Joe, I remember you saying that you it took you until about two hours into the show or something like that to realize they were even in Madison Square Garden. Despite the fact that they had been saying that they were <laughs> live from Madison Square Garden? Yeah. Didn't, um, yeah. Yeah. Signs, signs were not good at MSG on this night. Stuff that I had. Uh, Valboski, plant your seed in the Big Apple was one that I had. Chad, I know, I remember you had a couple. Yeah, I only have three. I'll just do them all real quick. Uh, my favorite one was in, in the Sable match. It said, I'd rather be in Sable. Uh, and then during the later portions of the pay-per-view, there was one that said, Goldberg is the man. And I was like, you're at the wrong show, bro. Um, but then again, right next to that guy was like a guy wearing a Goldberg sucks t-shirt. And yeah. then in the same general crowd area late in the show and had a sign that said Vince Fears Talent. Yeah. Which I think is still applicable today. Oh, for sure. And yeah, the goal the Goldberg is demand. I didn't write that one down. I saw that a lot uh, when I was watching it. I just chose not to write it down because he's just not demand. I guess maybe I guess he was back in the day, but oh, nice. Um the only other one I had was Give Us Head, which Al Snow and Head did not make an appearance at this pay-per-view, which was just unfortunate. Uh, but the first match of the night, we had Val Venus taking on D'Lo Brown for the European Championship. Uh, Val Venus came to the ring, and, and unlike last time where he came to the ring and tried to just immediately get naked, uh, he started cutting a promo and ended it with, I came, I saw, and I came again. Because that's what Val Venus, that's just the shit that Val Venus would say. Yeah, so now it's been a lot longer since since we've watched this pay-per-view. But things I remember from this match, uh, D'Lo Brown coming out with his chest protector. Uh, everybody being totally cool with him wearing the chest protector for a while. They talked a lot about his torn pectoral muscle, and that's why he's wearing it. And then Val Venus takes off D'Lo Brown's chest protector, puts it on, and all of a sudden, everybody's up in arms. The, yeah. the ref now sees it as, as weapon use. He gets very upset about it. He tries to take the chest protector off of Val Venus, and everything's pretty dumb. Yeah, I just want to let everyone know that we here at the Drunk Dudes Talking Wrestling did not see that as weapon use. So... Not counting yeah. that, not counting that as a uh, a drink whenever the chest protector gets used. Otherwise, every Roman Reigns match from 2013 to 20, 
2019, I don't know, whenever COVID started, uh, would just be astronomical numbers. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the one quote I had from this match, it's what I'm remembering from the match is that D'Lo Brown like dropped Val Venus into his knee and Jerry the King Lawler says something to the effect of, you know, that hurts Val more than the average person. Yeah, he did like the inverted atomic drop where he drops like he drops <laughs> his nuts on his knee. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then this was also the portion last week where we started talking about uh, Peacock. Chad, do you, would you would you care to go off on Peacock again? At this point, uh, we talked about how I was really upset because <laughs> in the past, every time I've watched a pay-per-view, I got commercials in between the matches. So like a match would end and it would go to commercial. Um, during this one, I got commercials halfway through most matches. Like they would cut a match in the middle of the match to go to some stupid commercial, most likely Geico. And uh, I found out uh, when I brought this up that I just have peasant peacock. Um, apparently, if you pay twice as much as I pay for, you don't have this problem. Which, is, li which is literally um, just an extra $5. Sure. He says extra $5, but I pay for like a lot of wrestling streaming services other than just peacock so but the point being peasant peacock gives you commercials whereas normal peacock twice as much money does not and now they're doing it twice as often so fuck you peacock and in the middle of matches like chad was saying which i i i wouldn't i feel like i wouldn't actually mind them after like between matches that's a that's yeah. a good I never complained before about them in the middle of matches. I thought that was normal and it seemed normal. And then the only reason this got brought up is because out of nowhere, in the middle of this match, it broke to commercial halfway through it. And I was like, what the fuck, Peacock? And I asked you if that was normal or if you got the same thing. And you were like, commercials, question mark? Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> and I found out I'm a fucking peasant. Yeah, so. you're basically a peasant. Uh, but yeah, I could see where that would be like a good pee break. A uh, good good break to go get up and get a beer, and now it just happens in the middle of matches, which is just very unfortunate. So I mean, maybe just throw that extra five dollars out there, but I mean, maybe maybe it's just SummerSlam 1998. Maybe it's just broken. We'll we'll see what happens next time we watch a retro pay per view. I think I want to say like Unforgiven in your house is next. Breakdown. Breakdown. Maybe I think that's what it was. Unforgiving. We'll start, probably we'll start a GoFundMe. Yeah, for Chad. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone just throw in a penny. We just need 500 people to throw in a penny. And then Chad can get commercials or get no commercials for one month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, the ref calls for a DQ in this match with all the chest protector shit. Uh, this is like after the ref. Like Val Venus put on the chest protector, went up to do the money shot, which... By the way, hilarious move, hilarious name for a move. Uh, the the ref grabs his ankle while he's on the top rope, and he falls, hits his nuts on the turnbuckle, and Val Venus gets super pissed and pushes the ref, and then goes back after D'Lo, and the ref just calls for the bell. Yeah, now I remember. And this got a beer and a half. Yeah, I actually wrote down the word "super weird fucking ref spots" as like my highlight for this whole match was like 
Joe talking about like ripping off the chess piece and the way it ended and the, the disqualification ending. The super fucking weird rack and ball. And I also got a beer. Sweet. And then we moved on to the second match, which uh, was fucking terrible. Uh, four on three handicap match. Uh, the team of four being Kai and Tai, which now includes Takamichi Noku versus the Oddities, which made up of Giant Silva, Golga, and Kurgan. And featuring ICP on their corner in their corner. Yep, they did have the insane clown posse in their corner, <laughs> along with Luna Vashon. And uh, this match was fucking terrible. It was basically yeah. just it was just basically just like Kai and Tai coming in with all four of their members trying to take on one member from the oddities, just three huge fucking dudes, and one member of the oddities would just be able to throw all all four members of Kai and Tai around and it tried to be entertaining and it just wasn't. Yeah, there was there was never a legal man in this match on the on the team of Kai and Tai. <laughs> you, could never, just, you could never tell when anyone was tagging. <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. It summed up by by the quote from probably JR. I don't I don't have it written down who said it and I don't remember anymore, but he said, Well, we never advertised this to be a classic. That was could JR. be the tag. Yeah, this could be the tagline for most of the pay-per-view. Most of it. Yeah. We'll we'll get back into that. <laughs> on quotes from this match at one point jerry the king longler kind of hinted that jr likes insane clown posse and jr was like i kind of do like insane clown posse <laughs> <laughs> like, and i was like oh glad i'm glad you like icp jr you, you fell a notch in my book today i wonder if he still does i'm hoping that he goes to those juggalo conventions all the time yeah. He's a closet juggalo drinking Fago <laughs> on the sidelines. We need to we need to remember all these quotes for when we eventually get more than three listeners and Jim Ross wants to come on and be interviewed on this show. First question, JR, do you actually like insane clown posse? And what is your favorite <laughs> flavor of Fago? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um I, I, I went to an insane clown posse concert. It was a slobber knocker. <laughs> <laughs> Second question, JR. If you had a brand of weed. <laughs> uh, uh, but the oddities won the match. Despite being at the three to four disadvantage, they were at a huge weight and height advantage. Uh, but that's just got one beer. Somehow a four-on-three handicapped tag team match that lasted like 12 fucking minutes got a beer. If that tells you how trash this event and this match all were, Uno Biro for a fucking four-on-three handicapped tag match that was greater than 10 minutes. Do you really not know that Zervesa is beer? I don't know anything about the language of Spanish. Uno you said Uno, so you know Dose. something. Cerveza. Good, good job, dude. You know three. Nine. I have read a bottle of Corona before, so I do Corona. know Cerveza. That's I'm pretty sure that's Spanish. My Corona. It's uh it's uh, <laughs> it's it's Spanish for find your beach. That's all one word. I don't fucking know. I, I, I think, think I'm pretty sure that's just in the ads. The only reason I know Corona is Tony Romo. Find your beach. <laughs> that's funny. Ooh. Yes. Nice. 
Speaking of Corona, I'm drinking Corona seltzers. Ooh. I'm drinking uh, Captain Morgan with Coke Zero. Whoa. Starting the morning off right. Yeah. This is weird because usually I'm not the one who drinks piss water beer. I'm the one drinking ice cold food lights today, and you guys are not. You need to watch where you throw around the words piss water and Bud Light in the same sentence. Is that you saying that I don't normally drink piss beers, and now I'm still not drinking piss beers? I'm drinking. Uh, You keep thinking that. The lighter lighter version of the king of beers. Is that you saying that normally you drink piss beer, and today you're treating yourself? That's me saying I normally drink delicious craft beers, and I've decided to take a day off and uh, drink some piss in a can. Well, you didn't take a day off because we know where you just came from, but we'll uh, we won't talk about that, obviously. Straight from hell. What we will talk about is the next match, which was Jeff Jarrett versus X Pac in a hair versus hair match. First uh, stipulation match of the night. Also bad. Not was was not good. Uh, the funniest part of this was before the match, they showed what happened on. I think it was it was either Raw the week before or Sunday Night Heat earlier that night, where Jeff Jarrett decided to pin down Howard Finkel and also shave his head. So in response to that, Howard Finkel decides to join X Pac to the ring wearing a DX shirt and becoming an honorary member of DX for the night. <laughs> And just him, uh, him saying "suck it" after X Pac like cuts a promo before Jeff Jarrett comes out was just so fucking funny. Ten out of ten would not hire DX as my barber. Oh, definitely not. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, unless they're using like world class clippers, which those are clearly not. Uh, obviously, that shit looked like it hurt. Yeah, obviously X Pac won because we're talking about DX being barbers, but. The the clippers they started to use on Jeff Jarrett, it it just looked like it was like they were like stabbing him with the clippers and then just trying to like just gouge his scalp to get the hair off. And then it just basically seemed like the clippers died. So they moved to scissors. And the entire time I'm watching, I'm like, oh fuck, they're probably gonna like stab him with these scissors. Like everyone's like all hyped up on adrenaline. A lot of people probably on cocaine and shit like that. Who knows? It was the 90s. It was Xbox. Yeah, and it was X-Pac, like easily could have been stabbed with the scissors, but he made it out, got some, he got like maybe like three of his hairs cut and basically Jeff Jarrett like ran away and looked basically the same after he got his hair cut. It, it was just not not the greatest uh, result of a hair versus hair match. Like usually I want to see some like Molly Holly shit, WrestleMania 20, where like you, you literally sit there the entire time and watch her entire head get shaved. Or like spoilers. Vince McMahon. Or Vince McMahon getting the they, fucking... They put like cream on his head and were like shaving it off for real. Like they put shaving cream on his dome piece. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified that it was shaving cream and not like sour yeah. cream or something. Oh. Whipped cream. Man cream. <laughs> I'm glad someone said it. Yeah, that was when the Don shaved his head. Future president of the United States of America. <laughs> At the time. And maybe still. Whoa, I don't know. About that. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Yeah, you ask about, I don't know, at least 10% of this country. They're probably like, oh, God, Trump's going to do it again. Just you wait. Highly doubt it. Uh, but hair versus hair match got a beer and a half. This is a terrible match. Basically, the way it ended was you got 
interference from some lackeys that we've never seen before coming down to the ring with Jeff Jarrett. And they attempted to hit X-Pac with the guitar and end up hitting Jeff Jarrett with the guitar, giving X-Pac the ability to get the 10 count. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. No, no, no. X-Pac stole the guitar while they were trying to hit him. And X-Pac just whacked Jarrett with the guitar while the ref had his back turned. And the entire time while they're shaving his head in the middle of the ring, Jeff Jarrett's like, I think it was Mike Kyoto. He was like, Mike, you saw them. You saw them use the guitar. It should have been disqualification. He's like, I didn't see it. But like, as you're watching, there's like still like half the guitar was laying in the ring while he while X-Pac was pinning him. So it's like, yeah, kind of. I mean, you're starting to see where Aubrey Edwards gets it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one quote I had from this match, uh, you know, obviously throughout the match, they were talking about this person getting their head shaved or the other person getting their head shaved. And King is talking about how beautiful a head of hair J- Jeff Jarrett has. Uh, and King says, and he's a natural blonde, I might add, to which JR responds, how would you know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eyebrows, duh. <laughs> implying, he was obviously implying that King has seen his eyebrows. Wait, what? No, his pubes, Dylan. He's oh. seen his pubes. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Grow up. Speaking of people's pubes that Joe would like to see, the next match we had <laughs> Mark uh, Miro. What the fuck? <laughs> that was a hell worst of worst segue you've ever done, dude. <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna say that I would like to see. I had to throw somebody under the bus. Yeah, speaking of Mark Miro's pubes, the next match. <laughs> uh, we had a mixed tag team match: Mark Miro and Jacqueline versus Sable and Edge. Get our first pay-per-view look at Edge in the ring. Obviously, we saw him either last pay-per-view or the pay-per-view before, just like standing in the crowd being kind of weird. And it was also a mystery as to who Sable's partner was going to be. And then Edge ended up being uh, her partner. Quote from Jerry Lawler in this match. He said, come here, Sable. My name's not Elmo, but you can tickle me anytime. Inappropriate. I don't know if it, I mean nowadays yeah but jerry lawler anything goes with him back in the day another quote from this match uh they talked about how edge was undefeated and that's not a good quote but edge this is not edge's debut so we didn't have to finish our beer it's not like it would have made this beer rating go up that much but i mean anything would have made a match worthwhile here these matches to this point have been garbage and this one continued a trend of not so good stuff yeah, I did think Edge looked very good in this match uh, for how inexperienced that he probably was at the time. Yeah, I remember last week you when we weren't recording, you talked about how you enjoyed the over-the-top Roman Reigns-style move. He had like that over-the-top, like hit the ropes and then run all the way back, and he leaped over all of the ropes to the outside to land on Mark Miro. <laughs> and... I've never seen Edge do that before. So it was just cool to see like an old school Edge match and see him do some stuff that I've never seen him do before. And it also looked like it hurt like shit. So props to him. Speaking of shit, the next match wait, was wait. Awful. This got a beer and a half. <laughs> Speaking of a beer and a half. Speaking of a relative beer and a half. <laughs> Somewhere in the approximation of beer and a half. 
I mean, before before the next match, there was that backstage segment with Mankind and Vince McMahon. Oh, that was actually really funny. Yeah. Basically, Vince McMahon uh, approached Mick Foley, and Mick Foley was acting as Mankind in his role and said uh, Kane was not going to be showing up, and Mick Foley wasn't sure if he wanted to go defend his tag team titles. Um, and Vince slowly but surely started handing him weird uh, – equipment that we found backstage in order to convince him to go uh to the ring and have the hardcore match that he was supposed to have against the new age outlaws uh including handing him such stuff as a candelabra and a baking pan yeah uh the 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 convincing portion was like hey if you go out and win this match you'll be in the madison square garden hall of fame which i don't even know if that's a real thing but i, f- I forget what they said they said one of those quotes where it was like Vince McMahon could sell like ice to an Eskimo. It wasn't that one, but it was something along those lines. Uh, talking about like relating back. It was it was during the the tag team championship match. But the, the premier quote from this segment was at the very end. The last thing we heard from Mick Foley was, I have 13 words. If what could a woodchuck chuck of woodchuck could chuck wood? And then he just ran off. To the yeah. ring with his baking pan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. But yeah, let's let's get into the the shitty match. Oh, the the, ne- the so next bad. the next shitty match that we were about to talk about. Uh we had a Lions Den match, which is basically a I don't know, a, a, a UFC match, but with the, the cage is like slanted a little bit. Uh I don't know. Ken Shamrock versus Owen Hart. And they held this in like a different portion of Madison Square Garden, which I remember talking about last week. Like, like how shitty could that possibly be? Like, for those people, and all you get to see is that match, and you don't, and like the rest of the pay per view, you probably only get to see on like a small television monitor. Yeah, this was at the theater at Madison Square Garden, which they kept saying was underneath the arena. So I don't know if they were like in the basement for this match or not. But it looked like a smaller, like, high school auditorium-style arena. And there were fans there who, I think, bought tickets to watch this one match and then watch the rest of it on the Titantron that they had next to the, the Fight Pit-style arena. But holy shit, imagine paying to just watch this garbage. Imagine paying just, like, $10 in 1998 to watch that. Fuck that. I think I've seen a concert there. In the pit, the pit of misery, the the theater at Madison Square Garden. I was I was big into the New York concert scene as a as a teenager. Hmm. I was looking for a dilly dilly there. Dilly dilly, yeah, pretty sure I have. I'm trying to think of who. No way of knowing. Yep, no way of knowing. Other than your own memory. Uh, Speaking of memories, I'd like to forget. The Lions did match featured Owen Hart <laughs> and Ken Shamrock. Uh, the the crowd the or actually no it was Jr. first who called Owen a nugget again after that sign that we saw about him being like Owen is a nugget, and then the crowd started chanting the fact that he was a nugget. And I forget what we said last week when we didn't record this, but. What the fuck was the actuality it was, with it? It like, was, it was uh, reminiscent of a or or a, a 
reference to a promo that DX shot after after all the rest of the Hart family left WWF. It was that Owen Hart still being here in the company was was like the like him being the little nugget of shit that doesn't get flushed down the toilet when you flush all the rest of it down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it sucks because like Owen Hart was such a good wrestler. He was, but imagine all the matches he could have with like Kurt Angle and like an Eddie Guerrero or a Chris Benoit or Chris Jericho when they got into the WWE. Like, God, this could have been so fucking good. Yeah, not condoning Chris Benoit's behavior, but his wrestling ability was top notch. Uh, but this match, yeah, both guys bled Shamrock and Owen Hart, and uh, they used the cage for like a lot of parkour spots and all that, all that jazz. And uh, this ends up with Shamrock putting in the ankle lock and getting Owen Hart to tap. And Shamrock wins, and this got a beer and 1.75 beers. And it was great. It was awful. It was terrible. Hopefully, this is the last pit style match we see between Shamrock and Owen Hart with Dan Sefren as the referee. <laughs> the wild part of this match is I had seen this match before, I and I so didn't remember it you. being bad. I remember the cage being weird, which is why I had seen it. I can't remember why I ever saw this match before, but I mean, as soon as they showed me the cage, I remember having watched it before. So I got excited, thinking I probably watched it before because it was good. It was not. It was awful. It was really bad. Nope. Well, that sucks that you've had to watch it twice before. <laughs> First uh, time wasn't overly memorable. So. Yeah. Um. So then we got into the handicap match for the tag team championships. It was false count anywhere, hardcore match. Uh, the New Age Outlaws versus Mankind. No Kane showing up to the arena, or so we thought. Uh, Mankind brings out his baking pan. He immediately, when Vince handed him the whatever the fuck, the can- candelabra, right? Right? Yeah, yes. candelabra. Yeah, I remember not being able to get that right at all last week. Uh, threw that out, brought the baking, the baking sheet with him and the outlaws bring an entire fucking dumpster out to the ring. And we just got right off the bat, so many unprotected shots with the baking sheet. It was disgusting, but so much fun to watch. This was a sprint of a match, but it was a fun sprint. Five minutes, 17 seconds was this match. According to Wikipedia. Which is a very reliable source. Yes, very. In fact, reliable. the most. In fact, the most reliable ever. Number one source. Number one, can't beat it. Uh, but yeah, like Chad said, five just over five minutes. Uh, but this still got one point seven five beers, which I don't keep track of all the match times. But probably the quickest match ever to get one point seven five beers, uh, and the Outlaws get the tag titles back. I think 0.75 of that was just unprotected baking sheet shots to Mick Foley's dome. Yeah, it was. I don't know how he's still alive. It's just unbelievable. I don't get it. And lucid. Also, I think every time we've watched one of these retro pay-per-views recently, the tag team titles change hands. 
Oh, they change hands all the time back in the day. Yeah. Every five minutes. I don't think we've watched a single defense in like the last six pay-per-views. It's like Kane and Undertaker or Undertaker and Stone Cold won them, and then somehow Mankind had them back, and then like Oh, are you saying that they've changed hands in between the pay-per-views? In between and at the one pay-per-views we're watching. Like yeah. it, it's just constantly changing. Yeah. I never it, knew who the tag team titles are when we go into a pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. It's changing like once every like two weeks to this is the goddamn twenty four seven championship of the nineties. Yeah, I mean, let's not talk about that. But, <laughs> I mean, if you watched Raw this week, you know all about that. So That was fucking wild. But after the match, the, the outlaws put Mankind into the dumpster and shut the lid on him. And then they walk to the back and then out pops Kane out of the dumpster who had just been in there the whole time and nobody saw him. And he pulls out the sledgehammer that Mankind had been looking for throughout the night and it hits him with it. And that was the end of that. But then we got the match of the night. Like, if, if this was the only match that happened in the night, it would, it would have been a way better pay-per-view. Is that what you're saying? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I'd be down for a one-match pay-per-view that just included this. But we had The Rock versus Triple H. The famous ladder match between the two of them in their in their feud of 1998 for the Intercontinental Championship. And just watching this match, I just thought about how crazy it is that like how much the ladder match has evolved since. I mean, obviously, we had the WrestleMania 10 ladder match and then this one. I don't know how many we had in between there. Probably not that many, if any. But just how much the like I said, how much the ladder matches have evolved since then and how many crazy spots they do. Uh, like the only crazy one that I can remember from this match is like where I think the rock set up the ladder and it was like between, he set it up as like a bridge between the stairs on the corner to the, uh, to the barricade and did like a backdrop to triple H on the ladder, which I thought that was a pretty cool spot. Cause I don't think I've ever actually seen that since then. So another really good spot was when he set it up uh, where the, the point of the ladder when it was extended was sticking out underneath the bottom rope out of bound out, out of the ring. And then the rock stood up after he was out of bounds and Triple H did a baseball slide into the ladder when it was open like that and hit rock in the face, which ultimately caused it to bleed. Yeah. And the rock, the rock bled. Uh, and then, this match just had the slowest fucking ladder climbs of all time. It was like a disgusting amount of just taking over a minute to climb the ladder. Which Leslie loves. Oh, she loves those. Those are her favorite kind of matches. Uh, but near the end, we had who accompanied Rock to the ring? Was it, uh, was it Godfather? Mark Henry. No, I wrote it down. Mark Henry. Mark Henry accompanied Rock to the ring. He he got sort of involved by throwing powder in Triple H's face. And then right at the end of the match, uh, you had both guys at the top of the ladder hitting each other. And then China gets in the ring, hits the rock with a low blow. He falls off the ladder. Triple H climbs up one more rung and retrieves the Intercontinental Championship. He is your new champion. And this got four beers. I got 4.25. 
Also, a thing to note in this match that I said last week, right before we uh, found out we weren't recording, just to bring that up again one last time. Um, this is the first time I've noticed a significant crowd following where they were really into The Rock. So every time he went for a finishing move, either the people's elbow or the rock bottom, the crowd popped for both finishing moves. So it's like a the rock's finally getting over with the fans. And this is the first time you're seeing like a, a majority of the fans being on his side, or maybe not on his side, but like popping for when he does his finishing. Yeah, like the crowd the crowd still was super excited for Triple H to win the match, but there were moments in the match where the crowd was cheering super hard for The Rock, like you said. And this is like the first time that we're actually seeing that, which is exciting that we're getting to that point because I just cannot wait for classic Attitude Era Rock, Face Rock. It's just going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah, it's going to be classic. His feud with Stone Cold coming up, is it's not that soon, actually. It's like years away, but... It's less than a year away. It's less than a year away is what I was saying. Um, I guess I remember his his second feud more. The 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 WrestleMania 17 one, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's the one that the people rem- that people remember the most. But yeah, they they've they've had three WrestleMania matches, 15, 17, and 19. So 15 is the one next year. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of Stone Cold main event. WWF Championship on the line. We had Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on The Undertaker. And I remember talking about it at the last pay-per-view that I couldn't remember if they were still the tag champions walking into this pay-per-view. We've obviously already talked about how the tag titles are now with the New Age Outlaws, so I was clearly wrong about that. This was just, like, all right. I didn't think it was very good. It was was long, and it was pretty boring. And for as long as it is, the fear rating is very low. Well, I mean, we did get we did get the Spanish announce table. We we got to see the the toughest Spanish announce table that we've ever seen in our lives. Uh, Taker Taker tried to put Stone Cold through the, the Spanish announce table, and the table like didn't budge. And then, like thirty seconds later, it decided to go down. So I still counted that as a finisher beer. But uh, some other stuff. In the match, like Kane tried to come out during the match, and Taker just like immediately told him to go away. So like it amounted to literally nothing. Uh, Austin bleeding from the mouth in this match, just because I feel like that's just kind of what he did back in the day. And a lot of back and forth at the end, and then Austin ends up hitting a stunner and and getting the win, and retains the championship. Uh, but I got two point seven five beers for this. I got 2.25, but I didn't count the table breaking because it didn't break when they like did stuff on it. So that's probably some of what we're missing between the two of us, Joe. But 2.75. Yeah. So yeah, we'll go with that. Yep. So that would put this pay per view at 16 total beers, which puts it at the number 11 pay per view. Nice. Not top 10. Thank God, it was awful. This was like the worst SummerSlam I've ever watched. And this year was pretty fucking bad. It, this year had its moments, but yeah. This right. year had more moments than the, that, the one I just watched or what we watched two weeks ago. But like, holy fuck, this was a bad SummerSlam. Yeah. 
So let's get into the weekly recap, and we will start with SmackDown. Smacking it down. Smacking Raw. Smacked your mom Raw. He did. I was there. Whoa. <laughs> That's what Joe's into. He likes to watch. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we started the night with a promo from the Bloodline, and I know that they've got the Bloodline shirts now and all that shit, but like, it, it took me until this exact moment watching SmackDown on Friday last week that like Roman, they, like they literally are making Roman Reigns a legit mafia boss. Like that's how he came across in this promo. Yeah, like, it's really good. It it was so fucking good. Like, uh, obviously he did his whole like acknowledge me thing, and then was basically like how talking about how he took a vacation the week before, and then had Paul Heyman tell him what happened last week, and then Paul Heyman uh, like blurted out how he had that backstage segment with Caleb Braxton where he like I don't know accidentally talked up Brock Lesnar a little bit and realized that that's what that wasn't what Roman was getting at and was actually getting at the the fact that the Usos lost the New Day and the New Day ends up coming out and they do this hilarious promo and they set up a match for later in the night for uh King Woods to take on Jimmy Uso and it was basically the portion where like the Usos were like we don't owe you anything and then Roman just on their behalf accepts the match and I was like yeah this dude's a fucking mafia boss like he just does whatever the fuck he wants which I didn't think that he didn't do whatever he wants before but it was just like so much more apparent here and it was it was great can I just say one thing about Roman Reigns real quick finally and he's done really good the last year or so with his title reign it finally feels like we've found the right gimmick for Roman Reigns. It was so long. He had so many different styles of Roman Reigns from the shield to like the face that they wanted you to cheer for. This is the one. Never change this one. If I get any other Roman Reigns ever again, I'm going to be like, fuck this. Yeah, and they're eventually going to turn this. This Roman Reigns is going to turn face at some point. And the crowd's going to fucking love him. But as of right now, he's the best thing going in wrestling as far as a character goes. And he and wrestling, he is at the very least top five right now. Yeah, so, I'm actually kind of shocked that he wasn't PWI's male of the year. Yeah, I was actually kind of shocked that Kenny won it over him with the character work he's doing versus Kenny's character work. I would say he's done better with character work than anyone. Yeah, and it's anyone. Not like it's not like Roman's putting on stinkers and it's not like Kenny's putting on six star matches like he was a few years ago. Like they're putting equally good matches. I would say they're comparable. The the main events that WWE is putting on with Roman Reigns in there versus AEW's with Kenny in there, like you they they match up pretty equally. Yeah, I would so, take the triple threat at WrestleMania with Roman Reigns over any of the main events on any of the AEW pay-per-views with Kenny. Oh, well, right wait till Saturday. Yeah, that's the yeah. Good point. That is going to I. I it really, has to be a great. Fucking has match. to live up to the hype. Like even after this week with the with the contract signing, which we'll get to. Like God, it was so fucking good. But imagine it does like the exploding death match hype. 
you know? <laughs> that match was still, like, good until the end. You only remember the end. You only remember the end, though. Oh, and it, it, it just sours the whole event, which sucks. Uh, but, yeah, they, they set up that main event and basically set it up to where if Jimmy Uso beat King Woods, King Woods would acknowledge Roman Reigns as the tribal chief or the head of the table or whatever. And if Woods won, then Jimmy Uso had to bend the knee to the king. So we end up cutting to the, the main event later in the night and Jimmy, or uh, sorry, King Woods wins that match, ends up being a very good match as anything New Day versus Usos always is. And he doesn't bend the knee. Instead, the entire bloodline, because Roman Reigns ends up coming out after the match, the entire bloodline beats down the New Day. And it was at this point because we, we didn't have the Survivor Series teams announced yet. And I was actually at this point really looking forward to the fact that we could potentially have a New Day versus the bloodline three-on-three tag team match at Survivor Series. And we're just not doing that anymore. But regardless, the whole thing does set up a reasonably like the groundwork is there for a feud for Roman Reigns versus Big E at Survivor Series, which is nice. Well, there's also the 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 groundwork for Roman Reigns versus Xavier Woods, obviously. They're so they're doing that tomorrow night at SmackDown. Okay. Let me uh let me play some thoughts in my head. All right. There's usually a championship change. I don't think this is going to happen, by the way. Jesus there's Christ. usually there's usually a championship change right before Survivor Series. We've seen no. it pl- plenty of time. I know it's not going to happen. Shut the fuck up. Let me finish. Biggie or Xavier Woods wins over Roman Reigns. You get Xavier Woods as the champion for like a week, just long enough for a Biggie versus Xavier Woods at Survivor Series. That's dumb as hell. Well, I mean, sure, it could be like the thought of it could be cool, but we're more excited for, for Biggie versus for, Roman Reigns. For one, the match that Reigns and Woods have tomorrow night at SmackDown is one is not for the title, and two, Roman Reigns is at this rate never losing the Universal Championship. Yeah, so it's Rock not for a, WrestleMania. It's not for a title this week, but maybe next week, right before Survivor Series, it's for a title. Holy fuck. No, they're not doing none that. of that should happen. Woods wouldn't get a rematch because he's not going to beat Reigns this week in a non-title match. It mm-hmm. ends. It, it ends in some fucky shit. Some funky shit or some fucky shit. Fucky, fucky shit. Fucky shit. Fucky shit. Okay. It, it, it ends in some fucky shit. And WWE is like, there's going to be a rematch next week, and this time it's going to be for the WWE Championship. Two days before Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell style fucky shit. Okay. Universal Championship. Sorry. Uh, leading up to a championship match two days before Survivor Series. It doesn't and make then, any sense, Joe. King Woods is already in the five-on-five match. Yep, they'd need to get a replacement. It would throw a lot of stuff in the in the fire, mm-hmm. if you will. I got a good way. This one, this one can end. Uh, the corner turnbuckle could fall apart right before King Woods does his finishing move, and then Roman Reigns hits the spear for the win. <laughs> that would be stupid. 
No yeah. one could like that. It was stupid. We all saw it. It was stupid. <laughs> I've never seen the ter- the corner turnbuckle fall apart under Xavier Woods's feet. Dude, side note: Did we ever figure that shit out? No, no. they never did anything. They never about explained it. it, and then Finn Balor just got drafted the Raw. All righty. Uh, <laughs> Are we gonna talk about the name changes on SmackDown while we're here? So, so yeah. first off, yeah, we are. So first off, Shotzi Blackheart is now just Shotzi. Well, that's been a thing. Okay, but one thing I want to talk—I I brought her up because I want to talk about the fact that she did a backstage promo this this week, and it was the first time. Well, the first time that I can remember that you get like a close-up on Shotzi Blackheart backstage. Oh no, don't say it. And she was wearing a choker necklace that said uh, daddy. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, was, I was looking at it. Like... <laughs> this is funny. This is a funny story. Yeah. I'm watching it live during making dinner. And I point out to my wife because I hate that shit. Like it really bothers me when girls do that. Cause I have kids and then it just, cha- that word changes obviously when you have kids and I pointed out and my wife's like, People watching this with kids are going to have kids ask why the word daddy is around her throat. And that was like a side conversation my kids could not hear. And then literally two minutes later, my daughter, who is six, asked why the word daddy is around Shotzi Blackheart's fucking throat. (laughs) And like, they came to fruition and I didn't have a good answer to my (laughs) six-year-old as to why the the grown woman had the word daddy around her throat. The grown woman with green hair. Also, by the way, her chest piece tattoo is very well done. I just want to point that out. As a it tattoo well fan, done. it's incredibly well done. I, I wasn't looking at her chest. It was above her breast. Okay. It was no, okay. no, I, I, I was looking at her her uh her chest piece as well, and I, I was also admiring her tattoo. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No. <laughs> I am a fan of tattoos, Dylan. I, I look at fucking line work. I look at the art that's that's on people. Don't be a pervert. Listen to the way that you just worded that. The colors were incredibly vibrant. We're not doing on that, on that tattoo. Like this is now Ink Master. Okay. You were, you were looking at her chest piece and you were also looking at her tattoo, is what you literally just said. Implying that you were looking at no, no, her ch- like Dylan, I have a chest piece as well. I'm yeah, talking that's because you're tattoos. fat. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, <laughs> you're fatter. Shut up. I'm losing weight. I'm dude. I'm down 20 pounds, dude. Let's go. Okay, before we all get out of hand, we're all fat. We'll move on from this. Yeah, we're. <laughs> I mean, we're wrestling fans. There's no other way to be. Um. To the name changes. Yeah, the name changes. So, Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo are now just Garza and Carrillo. However, they now have a tag team name called Los Lotharios. I said this earlier. I don't speak Spanish. What does that mean? I looked it up earlier. It means it. It basically means uh, like heartthrob. Oh. oh, once again, one word. I, I've looked it up. Hold on. I'll give it. Uh, Lothario is a male given name that came to suggest an unscrupulous seducer of a woman. There you go. Did you just say they were rapists? Seducers. 
seducers. Yeah. Okay. How does yeah. that sound like rape at all? Not not subduer. Because I'm tired of starting to have a lot of drinks. I thought you said subduer. Yeah, I, I, I correlated that to rape. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. This is uh, a first on this show, by the way. I'm always like about to go to work or something like that. I've never no. been able to sit here and have a bunch of drinks. You mean that place? Yeah. I'll have to bleep that out. Sorry. <laughs> I'll cut I that want, out. I would like to hear a bleep. I, dude, the last time I did a bleep, it's really hard to do. It's 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 like really fucked up because like if I don't, I have to like make the no like make the volume of it go way down, and I just always fuck it up. So I've never done it again. That's when I, I did it. I did it once when when <laughs> when Andy gave his entire Snapchat handle, and I was like, I'm not gonna throw that in. I'm actually just gonna bleep that, and then it ended up being like super quiet. So I just I don't know what the fuck to do with it. So, but yeah, I'll I'll just cut it. Don't worry. Um, Fire. <laughs> there wasn't a, like a whole lot of other like important shit out of SmackDown. Like Cesaro was in a tag team match. Like lost member Cesaro. Remember, remember how we all thought he might win the title? Yeah, I yeah. remember. I remember. I uh, remember. Ricochet answered Drew McIntyre's challenge this week and slapped him in the face and then still lost. There was a weird backstage segment with him and Mustafa Ali as well. Yeah, Mustafa, where wanted, Mustafa wanted, Ali wanted to be a tag team partner with Ricochet and Ricochet told him to fuck off. I mean, it made sense. We've done this storyline before. Yeah, it made sense because Ricochet was like, I've seen what you've done to your tag team partner. So it's like actually like, like a little bit of continuity there. Like, a face wrestler actually remembering what some tweener or heel did in the past. It was weird though. I don't know if Ricochet really gave off a, a face vibe that whole time. He like slapped someone in the face and like told him he was going to kick his ass. It was a weird, it was a weird Ricochet vibe. Yeah. He's got, he's got Moxie or uh, I don't know. He's got Moxley. Moxie. Oh, Moxie. Moxie. I need you to listen. Hey, listen. This is gonna taste good. Which flavor is that? Passion fruit. I can that's taste. I can taste the passion and the fruit. I love taste. But yeah, that's really all I have for SmackDown. Yep. <laughs> Not a whole lot of other like anywhere decent stuff on SmackDown. Uh, it was Ram- kind of a down show for them. Yeah, a little bit. I mean. It's kind of it kind of reminds me of like the attitude era where like and you hear all this stuff about like that back in the day where Vince would walk into Raw and only give a shit about what Austin's segment was about. And it's the same way with Reigns now. Like you can kind of tell that the only segment and matches that they give a shit about are anything that is involves or slightly involves Roman Reigns. It's like very apparent. Uh, moving on to Rampage. So, Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. Holy fuck. So good. This was like the realest promo by two people going back and forth in a long time. This felt like two people who had legitimate beef going and just talking their shit out in front of thousands of people, millions of people based on viewers. Like, Kingston started saying some shit and you saw the change and the look on CM Punk's face and it 
was obvious that CM Punk was not expecting it, and therefore it was fucking real. But I think that just goes into like what AEW does, and like I think Tony Khan, when he's got two guys that can cut incredible promos, like these two guys, Kingston and Punk, I can almost guarantee you that Tony Khan just says, "Go out there and say whatever the fuck you want," and I I would be willing to bet that they talk to each other like a little bit about what the premise of it's going to be. And they just tell each other to say whatever the fuck they want. And I think you're right. It's like Punk was not expecting Kingston to say that. Cause like, you know, I remember you telling me that like you could see like Punk smirk and just kind of step back into the corner, kind of collect his thoughts, thinking like, oh shit, like I didn't think we were going there. And this promo went, it went fucking far. It felt real. You can feel the heat, regard, like regardless of if it's actually there or not. It, it took a it took a full gear match that you knew was coming and then they made official during this this show that you never would have cared about and now you care a lot about it yeah I was not overly excited to watch those matches the CM Punk recently has not really enthralled me in his matches they haven't lived up to the old CM Punk hype yet um, and they rarely had backstory and then Eddie Kingston's never really been someone I've been overly invested in ring-wise. Um, and now I care. And now I really want to watch this match. And that promo is the only reason. Yeah, I, th- I think the CM Punk honeymoon is over. And I think we're going to start getting into some real feuds, some some real promos, some real like building up to shit with CM Punk. And I'm very excited with that. Because remember I'm- at the beginning when he said like he was going to have promos? He was going to he wanted to face some people from his past and some people that are new. I think we're about to start seeing some of those people from his past, and those are going to be fucking good. Yeah, and the promos that come out of that. Imagine like like I mean, I, the one that I'm looking forward to the most, and I know this isn't somebody from his past, but it's it's strictly based off of the promo work that could happen. Is punk punk and MJF is going to happen? very soon i would say i would say revolution is going to be punk and njf make that a prediction for me right now those promos leading up to that are going to be fucking incredible some of the best ever probably I mean, how sounds, could they not be sounds like something they would do <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that was the that was the major highlight from rampage uh max caster did have the absolute fucking roast of the year on Brian Danielson. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the exact line, but he basically just like, I'm made- going to put you got put people out of a job like your father-in-law. Yep. It was that put you out of a job like your father-in-law I'm talking about John Laronitis, who is very well known as the guy who makes the call when people get released. And that happened literally the night before rampage. Instead of, <laughs> personnel at wwe therefore he is the person who has been behind most of the firing and releases at WWE. Yep. i mean so there's a lot of people on twitter that like blame john laronitis and i don't think john laronitis is the person actually making the final cut it, it has to be vince I'm sure Vince is saying it, but like, who's the one who's delivering the news? I guarantee you it's John Laronitis. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be willing to bet that there's other people to include, like, there's people to include John Laronitis that are making recommendations or suggestions about who should be released. But the final cut is Vince. And I'm sure Vince also has people that he wants to get rid of at some point. And that, that, 
those other people that are making suggestions are not suggesting to get rid of. So you'll never really know like who's actually behind it. And inevitably it all falls down on for the most part, Vince, uh, not really anything else crazy as far as rampage goes. Main event was good. Cole and John silver. Also, actually I did want to point out the fact that the whole, the Mark Henry promo before the main event where he says it's time for the main event. The thing that Chad loves a lot. <laughs> it's so good. When they were doing it, when he when he's like when he was saying it's time for the main event, you could hear the crowd saying it along with him. And I think it's getting over. Which it's is time for the main event. I am you- Mark Henry, and I can't talk <laughs> on this microphone unless I'm reading off of a prompter. I'm Mark Henry. It's and getting I- over. And I approve this message. <laughs> I can't believe it's getting over. It's so funny, actually. Like, maybe the crowd's just trolling him or, or whatnot, but I, I doubt it. It's just hilarious to see the fact that that's the thing that is getting over at this point. Have you noticed the promo stop? He doesn't ask questions anymore. He asked like, one at the beginning, and then he lets them just talk shit to each other, and then says, and now it's time for the main event. And then it's over, and thank God for that, because if he asked all these questions he used to do, it'd be like, Adam Cole. You're going into a match with Johnny Hunky. Are you going to be concerned about his abilities in the ring? And thank how, God we cut that shit out. How do you feel about the name Budge? <laughs> I had no fucking clue what that was it's until on, it's someone on explained elite. it. I don't watch Being Guilty. I don't Just know why. I don't know why you don't because it's fucking hilarious. I watch. I have so week. much wrestling. I watch every week. I don't have time for this YouTube TV show. I, I just don't have time. I wish I did. I don't have time. But it's funny. I, I'm sure know. it is. I don't watch it. I don't know what you guys are talking about. In the main event, being they movie. were calling Adam Cole Budge because Johnny or Johnny Hungy, John Silver said something about it on being the elite. And the only reason I know that is because Taz fucking explained it. Yeah, they, they did this whole thing with like him and Alex Reynolds and they're like bugging Adam Cole and being the elite now. And uh, basically they're they're trying, they've just been bothering him about like becoming his friend and like he's saying that Adam Cole is not over and that he needs a new name and a new catchphrase. And they're like, what if like instead of boom, you would be like, budge and it's like stupid shit and it doesn't make any sense but like john silver is so fucking funny that anything that he does gets over so that's basically all that it is even started the match by going in the ring and like doing the adam cole thing and saying budge when he would have done the boom in the ring yeah well okay did you not watch rampage no i didn't oh that you missed the promo of the year. I watched I watched clips. So you've seen the punk and Kingston stuff? Yeah. Okay. But I didn't see the, the really is all I didn't see the fudge stuff. It's budge. Budge, budge with a B. Budge. Not fudge. That would be I like, stupid. I like fudge a lot better. Well, yeah, yeah we, we know we know that we, we know you like fudge. Daddy. <laughs> Boom. Anyway, fudge. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. This is the fat episode.
I was trying to think of a way to incorporate fat into a, into a segue into talking about raw, but I can't. So let's get into Monday night raw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we started the night with Seth Rollins walking out to the ring, looking like Paddington, the fucking bear. Did you guys see what, like what the fuck he was wearing? And I mentioned you- this to my wife. It was fucking trash. Have it was s- awful. Have you seen the the side by side of him next to a picture of Paddington the Bear from the books? I mean, I know who Paddington Bear is, so I can agree that they are the same color schemes. Yeah, it was a blue <laughs> raincoat and like a red <laughs> pants, just like Paddington the Bear. I agree. It, it was the one of the worst outfits that Seth Rollins wore. And can I just be honest? I am so done with this gimmick. Where Seth Rollins wears fancy pantsuits. I like it. it. I hate I like- it. Oh. I miss the architect. I also don't like that he says, I am a revolutionary and rips off like Judas and the Black Messiah, which is a movie about like civil rights. <laughs> and Seth Rollins rips it off. <laughs> it's kind of not okay. If you haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah, it's a phenomenal movie about the leader of the Black Panthers, and you're fucked up by not watching it fucking amazing and it's a ripoff i've what are you talking about i've totally seen that you have not and it's okay that's my favorite movie go watch it it's awesome and you'll immediately realize okay the segments i'm talking about but you want me to watch it for a second time today you haven't watched it why would i I why would i watch it again after i already watched it today i'm lying to you you still watch it and then you'll realize that it's a ripoff. Did you not know it was a ripoff till I said that? No, like <laughs> I haven't. I clearly haven't seen the movie. So you understand it's not, it's not my the leader genre. of the Black Panthers when he did speeches would say exactly what Seth Rollins says. I am a revolutionary. It, it, exactly the same way Seth Rollins does it, and he started doing that right after the premiere of the movie Judas and the Black Messiah about the leader of the Black Panthers. From Chicago. Well, I did. It won. It won multiple Academy Awards. It's very good. I didn't fucking know that. I'm sorry. I, I I'm a more of a fan of comedies and superhero movies. Sorry. If you branch out into a great drama slash like serious film, highly recommend. Like, like rom coms. Like forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> or knocked up. Speaking of your life. No, not knocked up. You really, you really think that I don't want this child? Wow. No, that's, I, that's not what I meant. I meant you look like Seth little... Rogen. <laughs> oh, wow. But like okay. fat Seth Rogen. Like fat wow. Seth Rogen, not like active Seth Rogen. <laughs> wow. You know, my only takeaway from this week is that that Chad thinks Seth Rogen is attractive now. <laughs> Lost a bunch of weight. Good on him. He's a curly headed fuck. Um, we could talk about Canadian Seth Rogen, uh, Kevin Owens. Speaking of Canadian Seth Rogen, Kevin Owens, boom, Wait. nailed it. That was mine, all mine. Oh, damn. <laughs> there actually, there there was a funny uh quote from Seth Rollins talking about Kevin Owens in that opening promo where he's like, he's talking about Kevin Owens and he's like, Kevin Owens, he can't be trusted as far as he can be thrown, and knowing Kevin Owens, that's not very far. Fat joke. Yeah, <laughs> this is the fat episode. Yeah, we're all fat, and we're happy. We're happy that we're fat. 
We're Except for Kevin Owens. He's not happy. I mean, I'm dieting, which would imply that I'm not happy I'm fat, but I'm happy. Must be nice. I think. I think I'm, I think I'm happy. Speaking uh, of not being happy, there was Kevin Owens is at the end of the match. Yeah, I mean, you want to get to the main event? It's really the only, like, overly important thing moving forward other well, than the fatal five-way women's match. Well, Those are really the only... Bobby Lashley got added to the Raw team for Survivor Series. And we already Dominic talked about that, which is why I didn't count. That's all that happened. I forgot we already could, like fully talked about that. We talked about that already, which is why the only two things that I think are important from that show were the Fatal Five Way and the Kevin Owens heel turn that occurred following yeah. the main event. Yeah, I'll, what, I'll, what, I'll cut. What, I'll cut that. I forgot about that. What better way to prove that a a Raw team can coexist? Is there? They even said coexist too. <laughs> than to have a match against all of them, and not in just a- all of them in a match. It was important as shit. It was a number one contenders match for Becky Lynch's title. <laughs> it's the I- most important match they were in. Yeah, I think the right person won here. Liv Morgan. So. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Dylan. We'll we'll get to NXT and talk about Gigi Dolan soon. <laughs> what? You mean Sid? <laughs> well, we were into Liv Morgan for watching NXT. So the point being, let's just cover right now. Liv Morgan won the Fatal Five Way and is finally a number one contender for a major women's championship. Something the fans and myself and everyone else have been asking for for a long time. Yeah, like I don't think she's gonna win the the title. Zero percent chance she wins, but I mean it'll be a good showing, and I think if she if she shows out in the match, which I have all the faith in her to do so, maybe there's future opportunities there to have more title shots and eventually a title win, which would be very nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I don't think she wins. I don't think she beats Becky Lynch, but I mean this is her opportunity to finally become a management player. Those we the women's division on Raw and SmackDown got so small that I don't think if she has a great match, it's going to take long for her then to realize she needs to be given a chance at five. So, so, Gigi Dolan's not on the show. I can anyway. Never the mind. main event. It's time for the main <laughs> event. <laughs> Thank you, Mark Henry. <laughs> Yeah, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, uh, they faced off in the main event, Big E, at ringside. And to be honest with you guys, I was uh, not really paying attention. I know there was some involvement. Somebody made contact with Big E or something like that, and I think Seth Rollins won this match. Somebody help. Help. Help me. Seth Rollins did win the match. It was by count out. Yes, it was by count out. Oh, that's right. It was count out. Yeah, Owens like almost made it back in, but didn't. This was a thirty-minute-plus raw match, by the way. I mean, started they started coming out to the ring before two and a half hours started. When you have three hours of TV to fill and you cut half your roster, you kind of got to put on long matches. That's fine if we're gonna get that quality of match. But granted, I hated the fact that they gave us a thirty-minute match with a countout. But like, if you're gonna give me Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, which is main event quality on Raw, 
for 30 minutes, and that's what we needed to – if cutting half the roster gives me that on a routine basis, I'm fine with that. Yeah, give it to me every day, every week. Is that what you told Gigi Dolan? Stop. <laughs> Speaking of Gigi Dolan, NXT opened up with Toxic Traction. <laughs> Chad Dylan's Lewis. toxically attracted to Chad. the the sloth from <laughs> Ice Age. I need you guys to stop. I need you guys to stop. The worst part about it, the worst part about it, is when they were standing in the ring holding up their titles, and then she literally licked the title, and I was like, "Oh my god, she's literally an animal." Chad's losing his fucking mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! You guys did you? Um, you tell me you guys didn't think that. I didn't even notice that she yeah. licked the thing. I she, missed that. She licked the title. Oh, holy Christ! Remember how an Ice Age sits tongue was always out all the time. I haven't. I've only seen like the first one, and it was like twenty years ago, whenever it came out. So I don't his, remember. This tongue's out a lot. So, it just further amplifies my point. But Mandy Rose is in the ring, so sup. Sup. Uh, they had a trios match. They took on Io Shirai oh. and the team of Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. And Toxic Attraction won. Very good match. It was very good. Yeah. Very good. NXT, I think only like i think they cut it down to maybe two maybe three squash matches this week I haven't finished hold on oh. oh 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 i told you that at the beginning i've only watched half i of forgot it. all right i've been drinking sam <laughs> well i don't know if you've gotten there yet but uh ikum and jiro and kushida have a tag team name would you like to guess what it is jacket time it's so bad oh you already figured okay you've already gotten to that point <laughs> No, I saw a, uh, I saw a uh, advertisement before the card. Their team name is Jacket Time because they were. That's jackets. about as bad as I can think of. I'm trying to bad think of tag a, team names. That's that's top ten, maybe uh, top five. I'm trying to think of a worse one. Can you even think of a worse one? Pete Dunn's team. No, <laughs> Pete Dunn's Dirty team. Dogs. Dirty Dogs. No, Dirty Dogs is great. Yeah, I still think jacket time is worse <laughs> than that. Because there were jackets, he goes through time. NXT. Yeah. It's a Back to the Future reference. Have you seen that movie? Do I need to explain that why that's a reference? Yes, I've seen Back to the Future, and <laughs> yeah, yes, I know it's and yes, I know it's Kushida's favorite movie. That's not a comedy, so I didn't know if you watched that, Seth Rogen. Shut the fuck it's up. It's kind of a comedy. Yeah. The part Action where- adventure. The part where he thinks his mom is hot and then was like, oh, fuck, that was funny. That was fun. There, old that, that, should, that, that should prove that I've seen the movie. And yes, Jacket Time is hilarious. It's like, that's comical that they thought it was a good idea to call them Jacket Time. It's like the, they, they took Time Stoppers and, and added Ikamanjiro's jacket. That is half the word Time Stoppers plus a jacket. I agree. That's, that's so very, bad. very good. Good job, Joe. <laughs> if one plus two is three, but three minus one is two, then jacket time. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> oh shit. 
Um, they they announced a, a date for War Games, which oh, so excited just reminded me that this is going to be our first ever War Games without the Undisputed Era. Oh, don't. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Thanks for ruining it. It was all yeah. over Twitter that night, and I just I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, I'm sad. Yeah, I mean Kyle O'Reilly's still in NXT, but he's bound to. Yeah, not, I don't think I don't not think be in War Games. I, I at this point, right? I had my prediction a long time ago that it would be Legato and Hit Row, or maybe Pete Dunn's team. And Legato looks like Legato's the only thing left. It seems like it's going to be Pete Dunn with the Garganos versus someone. Or maybe it's Diamond Mine versus people. I, I do think Diamond Mine is going to be in war games at this point, but I, I don't know who the fuck it would be against. Jacket time. Jack, yeah, Jacket time. Odyssey uh, Jones. It, it seems like Pete Dunn might be a face now. And, you know, the, the Gargano family, the way, if you will, featuring Dexter Loomis, came out at the end and kind of gave him a thumbs up. So I'm kind of thinking... That's at least a trio. Yeah, but then on the other side, you have Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. At uh, well, Pete Dunn was only going up oh. against Carmelo Hayes. Excuse you, in that match. Sorry. And who won? Uh, Pete Dunn by distraction from Gargano. But was it for the title? No. Well, damn it. It was like a little backstage segment, and then they talk shit to each other and then challenge each other over in the main event. And we got, Dude, Carmelo, gonna... we got Carmelo Hayes and Pete Dunn in the main event, and it was good. It was so, actually gonna... good. Carmelo Hayes actually had a good match. What do you Car- think? Carmelo are Hayes you is awesome. Hot take. I, of all the new guys, he's my favorite. He's the best out of all the new he's, guys. He's better than Braun Breaker. He's better than Von Wagner. He's better than Tony D'Angelo. He's better yeah. than all of them. They all are shit compared to Carmelo Anthony or Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, there's Carmelo only, Hayes. There's only one person that I think is better than Carmelo Hayes, and I say that despite the fact that he lost to Carmelo Hayes, and that's Odyssey Jones. I thought you were gonna say, never mind. I thought I thought we were going back to Gigi Dolan. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> It must be embarrassing to know that's how you laugh. Oh, oh boy. Uh, it must be embarrassing to know you're attracted to a slob. <laughs> uh, are we done with NXT? We're, we're, all, we're all so drunk. We I just want to get, point out it is 10 to 25 in the morning. We should, we should get this drunk more often when we record instead of just getting like... If only the drunk dudes were actually a real drunk dudes. We used time. to be. Whoa, yeah. hey, let's not give away the fact that sometimes we're not. I am going to cut this. <laughs> we, have to, we have to go to that place so often. We have to maintain kayfabe. Anyway. You broke kayfabe last week, by the way. How? You literally said something along the lines of, like, we're the sober dudes. Like two, I think it was two weeks ago. And you did not cut it. <laughs> Fuck, you're right. Well, I guess I just, I mean. We're Cody Rhodes now. Thanks, guys. I don't fucking cut anything, which has been basically just just been very apparent since episode one. Just pioneer thighs. (laughs) What? (laughs) That can't be true. Have you seen your thighs? Cardi B thick. Reese's thick. 
he can't see his thighs unless he's sitting down. Those some thick thighs, boy. Speaking of thighs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, go ahead. I want to see where you're taking this. Speaking okay. of thighs, go ahead, Joe. I have nothing. Okay. Um, well, we had dynamite on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for something in there where you could talk about somebody's thighs, but no, just no. Um, we started the night with fuck. Who was it? Uh, Danielson and Rocky Romero, which it was a good match. But the, the interesting thing coming out of this was they mentioned Kazuchika Okada by name and saying the fact that the best friends in Orange Cassidy are now part of the Chaos faction. And there not, was a lot. Not New Japan friendly. What is the Chaos faction? It's Okada's faction. It's Who the one that, is in that? Uh, fuck. I don't keep up with it enough. Hold on. Chaos factory. I'm just going to ask Jeeves real quick. Because the only one, the only other person that I know used to be in it was Will Ospreay, but he's not in it anymore. All right, Orange um, Cassidy, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, Hiroku Goto, Mikey Nichols, uh, Okada, Rocky Romero, Chris Statlander, Chuck Taylor, Trent, Wheeler Yuta, Turo Yanu, Go, and Yoshihashi, and Robbie Eagles. On this one, who the fuck, Robbie? Robbie Eagles is a former junior heavyweight champion. He's pretty good. But yeah, they're like one of the older, they're like one of the oldest. Uh, it, Shinsuke also used to be in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now and it's starting to ring some bells. Yeah, Shinsuke, Jay White used to be in it. Uh, but it's basically been Okada's group for as long as I can remember now. It was, it was Shinsuke's group and then he gave it to Okada. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, that was that was like the big news that came out of that. Um, and then we had the inner circle that's supposed to come down for an interview, and they got ambushed by American Top Team. So American Top Team standing tall on the Go Home Show, or at least the Go Home Dynamite. So if you're wondering about that match, um, six six woman tag team match: Britt Baker, Rebel, and Jamie Hader taking on. Ty Conti, Anna Jay, and Thunder Rosa. The faces win. So if you're wondering how that women's <laughs> title match is going to go. And then we had another Max Caster roast <coughs> on Dynamite where we had Anthony Bowens taking on Jungle Boy. And God damn it, I didn't write it down. I forget what he said. He said something to the effect of Orange Cassidy's girlfriend hanging out with seven dudes. No, it's Jungle Jungle Boy's girlfriend hanging out with seven dudes. Who did I say? Orange, Orange Cassidy. Cassidy. Yep, I fucked that one up. So ba- yeah, basically just like <laughs> talking about how Anna J hangs out with the Dark Order, uh, like just like being like you shouldn't like leave your girl running around with seven <laughs> seven dudes all the time. It was just funny. I, I don't remember. I, I should write these things down, but I just don't because I'm a fucking idiot. And then uh, a quote from that match between Jungle Boy and Anthony Bowens, Jr. They were they were talking about uh, how Jungle Boy is only twenty four years old, and Jr. is like, "I've got black hats that are older than twenty four years old." <laughs> Just like, thanks, Jr. <laughs> that was that was some great stuff. Uh, but then probably like the most 
noteworthy thing out of the night other than the main event segment uh sort of was after the match bobby fish attacked jungle boy and you're like why the fuck is bobby fish just coming out here and attacking jungle boy and then they cut to commercial break and they come back and they're doing a super click segment you got cole and the young bucks there and they welcome in bobby fish into the the frame and uh there's like some jabs and they're they're like they're like they're saying stuff saying like oh there's there's no dispute there like something something along the lines like there's no dispute that this is the elite era just basically just making jabs at the undisputed era and just the funniest meme that came out of the night was that kyle o'reilly is squidward looking out the window while adam cole and bobby fish or spongebob and patrick outside so fucking funny I forgot that you guys didn't watch Dynamite, so now I have to carry You're kind this. of on your own on this one, but unfortunately, but that does sound really exciting. I love Bobby Fish and the Undisputed Era and Animal Boy. You, like, you have like five Undisputed Era shirts? I do have pretty much every single one that came out with me. I'm not going to argue <laughs> with that. Like, every time a new Undisputed Era or Adam Cole shirt came out in NXT, I bought it. I have the <laughs> armband. I have the hat. Uh, yeah, Undisputed Era was like my favorite thing in wrestling for three years. So what's like the point of the armband? Do you wear it while you work out? I wear it when I go to wrestling shows with my Undisputed Gold shirt, which is my favorite thing to wear to wrestling. Right. Even though they're not a thing anymore? Your mom's not a thing anymore. What did you do? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just texted her like 20 minutes ago. I'm and glad she, she's okay. And she responded. <laughs> I'm really glad after that comment she's okay. So, so what have you done in 20 minutes while while on while I can see you on this on this on my computer screen? What have you done to my mother? Uh, I just didn't have a better remark. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, undisputed era. Lots of t-shirts, an armband that has no purpose. Uh, a hat Kyler. I wear a lot, and Kyle O'Reilly being sad in NXT. <laughs> yeah the the fucking the the meme the meme that came out with squidward looking out the window at spongebob and patrick just being kyle o'reilly looking at adam cole and bobby fish is, is just the best meme that came out in like the last month and i cannot wait for o'reilly's contract to be up and hopefully form reform redragon redragon undisputed i don't i don't care dude like yeah redragon for a little bit and then eventually cole is gonna break off from the elite and hopefully we'll have a reunion it's gonna be so good hopefully we get a, a trios tag team title soon and cole can do that for a while oh and then, yes please and then once he's done with that he can go meet up with his friends in redragon and be a two-time trios champ yes please take my money yeah, shut up and take my money. Uh, the one thing, so obviously you guys haven't watched Dynamite yet, but our boy Leo Rush teamed up with Dante Martin to take on Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel. Other than that battle royal that Leo Rush had in AEW where he promptly, quote-unquote, retired after that, uh, I haven't seen any Leo Rush outside of WWE. He is fucking amazing. And it just goes to show like how much the WWE like hampered his wrestling style. You need to watch this match. 
he is so fucking quick and agile in the ring. It's unbelievable. It's something like I've never seen before. And you couple that with Dante Martin, who does shit that is amazing and shit that I've never seen before. And they're one of the most fun teams I've ever seen in my life. It was a very fun match. Uh, but then we had so and then also the, the pack and Dax Harwood match was very good. And that match ended up setting up the the tag team match that's happening at full gear that I predicted. They're having the pack and Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black and Andrade. So that is official as well. Um, then we had the contract signing. So Kenny Omega and Adam Page cut very good promos on each other. Page uh, is the first one to sign the contract, then it rolls over to Kenny Omega. He says some more shit. And they actually get up and shake hands with each other. And you're thinking, what the fuck is going on here? And some shit has to be happening. And then Kenny leaves the ring after they shake hands. And it seems like it almost makes it seem like he forgot to sign the contract when in reality you realize, Oh wait, there's, there's a cameraman that's been in the ring the entire time. Cameraman ambushes hangman page. It's been Don Callis the entire time. And then Kenny gets back in the ring, grabs the contract. It, I don't know if he gave hangman a paper cut or like implied that he gave hangman a paper cut with the contract, or if they're saying that the, the camera made hangman bleed, but then Kenny just like took his fingers across hangman's forehead and signed the contract in blood. And it was wonderful. And I am very fucking excited for this match on Saturday. Oh, I just want to get into these predictions. Speaking of Saturday, let's get into <laughs> predictions. Yeah. Nice. Nailed it. Um, I will start with the match that just got announced on uh, Dynamite. And that is the buy-in match that I also failed to mention. It is Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter versus Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa. Who do you guys have? Um, I just want to start off by saying I have not prepared for this. That doesn't matter. I can't wait for you to do terrible in these predictions. I'm going to go with Sheeta and Rosa. Yeah, I have the same thing. Um, it's a buy-in match. The faces usually win the buy-in matches, and it also has like no build behind it. So why not just have the faces win and get the crowd to off to a hot start? Yeah. Chad? I will take Sheeta and Rosa. I barely heard anything you said, but it sounded like you said Sheeta and Rosa is who you're taking. So, sure. I will be taking Sheeta and Rosa because I don't have any fucking All right, Chad. I think it's uh, I think it's up to you. Uh, so, the next match is the Inner Circle, which is Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz versus. The combination tag team of Men of the Year, which is Scorpio Sky, and American Top Team, which will be Junior Dos Santos and Andre Orlovsky, both former UFCN champions, and their coach, Dan Lambert, the fat face good shit. Uh, this will be a Minneapolis street fight, and I'm going to pick the inner circle because this has never been so obvious 
the go home show included Dan Lambert putting Chris Jericho through a table. So it's obviously yeah, Dan Lambert put Jericho through a table. The the American top team and men of the year stood tall at the end. So I kind of already hinted at it. Uh, the inner circle is winning here. It's not even close. I've got the inner circle. It's got to be the inner circle. Are we just going to choose all the same, uh, <laughs> all the same picks? I hope um, not. But I'm looking at this card and I'm thinking, I don't know why anyone wouldn't pick what I'm picking. Yeah, we're going with the inner circle. This is this might be the most predictable card I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I don't know. There's two that I'm split on. I would agree That's, with that. I would agree, I would agree. There was there was two of them where I was like, eh, it could go either way. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going with the inner circle. Um yeah. next we have Darby Allen with Sting versus MJF with Wardlow. So in a singles match. The more I think about it, this also should have been one of the ones that I thought about more, but Chad actually convinced me earlier in the week about this one and i'm taking darby allen here darby allen's just been losing too much and needs a big win and i think what like what bigger win than like what bigger non-title singles win than to get a win over uh, mjf I, I just don't i don't know i could easily see the, the mjf getting the win here but i don't the one thing is I don't see MJF getting pinned here because AEW does protect MJF pretty damn well. So I would probably see this as a DQ finish where Darby Allen wins via DQ. W or AEW doesn't do DQs really. Not on pay-per-views, but I don't know. I'm 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 going with Darby Allen. This match could be a dark horse match. As in like very very good dark horse very good yeah oh yeah i think i dude this match this card is incredible it's just very predictable this match is less predictable what do you got chad i like dylan said earlier i i've been talking all week about how i thought this one was kind of easy uh i think this is your wardlow mjf split match actually i think wardlow is going to be involved because he's listed as being there and i think he's going to cost MJF the match and Darby Allen is going to get the much needed win to get back on the right track after a CM Punk loss, time away every now and then. TNT title has been more winning, I mean, more losing than winning. And I think this is Darby Allen's return to uh, winning and your MJF Wardlow split finally happened. Yeah, I think that Darby's got to win this match just to keep him relevant. I mean, MJF's been such a dick to him the last couple of weeks. I think that justice would just be served if Darby Allen won. Yeah, I don't even think it's been, I think it's been the last few months that he, they've been hinting at this this split. So, yeah, uh, it 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 would be shocking to me if MJF won won this match. He doesn't need it, but it also wouldn't shock me if I guess. The the thing I'm leaning toward the most, like I said, is is the DQ finish, where Darby Darby gets the DQ finish, keeps MJF not getting pinned, or gets caught like 
Wardlow, like like Chad said, Wardlow costs him the match and kind of saves saves him in that in that way. Uh, next match: Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo versus Cody Rhodes and Pac. What are you guys thinking on this one? Uh, for me, I feel like Andrade hasn't had a lot of matches, and and El or Malachi just had a loss, and I think those are the younger, less established stars, and they both need the win more than Cody Rhodes and Pac. So I'm going with them. Chad. I'm going to agree with Joe on this one. Uh, I think Cody Rhodes getting the win over Malachi Black on television and Cody Rhodes and Pac standing tall for the most part of the last few weeks over those two, I think it makes more sense than Malachi Black and Andre de El Idolo, who are the, the two that look like they want to create some kind of faction anyway, makes sense to, to get a win over like a randomly paired Peck and Cody Rhodes tandem. I also think that Tony Khan is very uh, aware of the way Cody Rhodes being viewed by the fans. I don't think he'll make the mistake of taking Cody Rhodes to pick up a win. Yeah, and I, I, all the same reasons. I have the same people. I, I've got Malachi Black and Andrade coming out uh, on top here. They need... Not to say that Pac doesn't need more wins, and I would like to see Pac more involved, but I would like to see the those three, not Cody Rhodes. I would like to see those like Pac, Andrade, and Malachi more involved on a weekly basis on Dynamite and getting more involved and in getting into either the TNT or the World Championship title picture because they are that damn talented and need to be in that conversation. And I think a big win here on pay-per-view for Malachi Black and Andrade, right? You get at least a big win for two people versus a big win for Pac and Cody. Cody's not going to challenge for any title, or at least nobody wants to see that. So it just makes sense for Malachi and Andrade to win this match. The next match is... Let's go with the Lucha Brothers versus FTR, which is the tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Um, it's Lucha Brothers with Alex Abrahantes uh, versus FTR with Tony Blanchard. Uh, I have the Lucha Brothers getting the win here after their loss, and multiple times FTR stood tall over them since the loss. Uh, for the Triple A Tag Team Championships. Uh, I have Lucha Brothers defending and maintaining the tag team titles for the Yeah, I just don't see any reason why, like, after FTR won the Triple A Tag Team Championships, like, why they would need the AEW World Tag Team Championships as well. Like, I don't think they want to do the double champ thing again. Not not to say that, like, uh, the Lucha Bros were be being presented as double champs while they were double champs. They weren't even being presented as AAA Tag Team Champions until that match, really. Uh, but the Lucha Bros just got the championships at the last pay-per-view. And like I know that they only do four a year, but they, they, they do a pretty good job of keeping the tag team titles prestigious. AEW does a good job of keeping their tag team division prestigious. And 
a, a good way to do that is to not just constantly like flip flop your tag titles like they did in 1998, like we were talking about earlier. So I've got the Lucha Bros as well. And it's the we, Christian Cage storyline, dude. Remember, he won the Impact World Championship because it's the non AEW title off Kenny Omega. And we all knew he was not going to win the title, the AEW title. It's the same exact thing now. Lucha, Dra- Lucha Brothers lose the Triple A Tag Team Championships because it's the non AEW title, which sets up the rivalry where they maintain their actual titles. Exactly. If. The Lucha Bros lost after the Bucks had such a long reign. It would just be complete injustice. There's no way Lucha Bros lose here. FDR is is going to lose, and Lucha Bros are going to win. Chad, I have a question real quick. So, so you were laying down on your bed with the mic this close to your face and we could barely hear you and then you sit up closer to your laptop with the mic still in the same spot and we can hear you a lot better can you scroll down to where the microphone is and click that arrow what is selected as your microphone i don't see a microphone okay bottom left on the zoom screen there should be a microphone and right under the microphone says mute. And when you hover over that, there's an arrow. <laughs> I don't think this microphone was selected. <laughs> You've literally never had that microphone selected because now your, your sound quality sounds so much better. Well, now we know for the rest of the time, <laughs> for the future of this podcast, now it's going to sound way better. Holy shit. You're... It sounds so much better. It's like the microphone was real. I was just holding it like a fucking idiot the whole time. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, you were, you've literally for weeks now been holding the microphone for literally no reason. Uh, Man, that's worse than being attracted to Gigi Dolan. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not. It might not be that bad. <laughs> You're right. That's not that bad. Does it sound take- better though? It sounds yeah. good though? Yeah. yeah you might want to turn your microphone volume up a little bit. Uh, Is it if you if yeah if you hit that arrow and then the last thing says audio settings click on that and then just turn your microphone volume not up to 100 but like i don't know 85 percent of that bar <laughs> like this yeah it's yeah perfect. that's good perfect perfect got it thanks thanks for all the correcting wow uh i'm glad i sound good finally um yeah, so after that, we have CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston in a singles match for nothing except pride. What do you lot, guys get? A lot of, lot of pride on the line in this match. Yeah, so we already talked about like how on Rampage last week, like how the promo actually made me invested into this match now uh, because beforehand I couldn't give two shits about it. Uh, and I think that the honeymoon with CM Punk is over. We're actually going to start getting into feuds that I give a shit about, but I do think that they are still going to continue to try and build CM Punk up to probably eventually challenge for the championship at some point in the next year. So they're going to continue to give him wins. And I think that this will be another one of them. 
where I, I think that CM Punk is going to win this match. Like, we don't need Eddie Kingston winning this match. No. Even though I've liked Eddie Kingston a lot better in the last couple months. Oh, for than sure. I, than I used to. For sure. Chad? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I also have CM Punk <coughs> here because <clears throat> it makes no damn sense to give Eddie Kingston the win here. He's just at a point in his career where he's the guy that's going to come out there and be a main event or not maybe a main event, but like a top tier match listing card guys. Great in the promo um, field, but I don't think I ever see Eddie Kingston winning a title in AEW. I just don't think his career is ever going to go that direction. And I think CM Punk's going to be a main eventer here soon. Uh, and they're slowly building him. So uh, CM Punk takes the win here. I expect a Eddie, a full Eddie Kingston heel turn in this match. Ooh. Yeah, CM Punk, no chance he's going to lose. That that brings up a good like question for me from me. Are we going to see another pay-per-view from AEW that tops everything we've seen from WWE to this point? Yeah. Like the the number 1 and 2 pay-per-views are all out and double or nothing from this year and with 30 beers and 27 and 3 quarter beers and then the the next one after that in third place right now is Crown Jewel which got 19 and 3 quarters beers is there like are we thinking we're going to see another one that's like 25 plus here without mm. like a without a match like one of those had a stadium stampede in it and stuff like that. So like, I think those had matches that lended themselves to high beer ratings. Well, the only one on this card that has like a, a, a similar style feel is the Minneapolis street fight. So I think that you're going to get lower than 27 and three quarters, but I think you will still be 19. Yeah. I mean, well, the, the highest rated match from all out was Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima, which got six and a quarter. Well, all of those were slaps in the yeah, chest. It was the the, the <laughs> intro slap the, the chest chops. for five beers, and then the I mean end. we we have this match between CM Punk and Eddie Kingston, and Eddie Kingston does the shotgun chops. So, well, we were talking about shotgun chops, not counting every chop at one point. But I don't. I, I, at this point, since we started making the database, like you don't want to change the rules. I can't. I can't change the rules at this point. <clears throat> Otherwise. I have to go back and change the ratings for other matches. Yeah. So if I were you, Dill, I'd buy two 12 racks of Corona Seltzer and not expect to have any more Coronas afterwards. Well, the, the worst part is I have to go to that place on Sunday morning. So I don't know. I don't think, I mean, I'm going to be drinking on Saturday night. I don't know if I'll be playing the drinking game. Imagine mm. having to go to that place at like 10 30, 11 o'clock that night. Yeah, you're not even going to be able to finish the pay-per-view. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to watch the main event. <clears throat> I'm only on call on Saturday, so. That fucking sucks. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, let's get into the next match. Uh, let's see. What else have we talked about before we get into the big, the big, big matches? Um, Falls Count Anywhere. Six-man tag team match. We got... Uh, the Super Click versus Christian Cage and the Jurassic Express. Who do you guys have? Uh, I got Super Click. Any reason? It's Adam Cole. <laughs> Baby. Okay. Fudge. It's budge. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's Adam Cole. It's the young bucks. I think that we are working towards a trios, a trios championship in the near future, maybe before 2022. And these guys are the obvious choice for your, your champs. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I already know who Chad's picking in this match. So go off King. Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. The super click wins this match. And I think it's because of my pick in the main event. I don't think they have the entirety of the elite lose in one pay-per-view. I don't think that sells well for the gimmick that has been the forefront of their their entire brand over the last six to ten months, you know? Uh, to have the entirety of the elite lose in one pay-per-view, that kind of puts the whole group back. So I'm, I'm picking the super click to win this one. Also, for the most part, the last two weeks, this, the other trio has stood tall. Except for maybe like the Bobby Fish segment, I guess. But that wasn't even the super click that did that. No. Well, Let's then, also not forget that maybe baby Bobby Fish gets involved here. Well, then maybe it wasn't you that told me about it. Like somebody was talking to me. It had to have been Alex then that was talking to me. Like maybe like it has to be like the Young Bucks have been losing a lot, it seems like. And I I have the faces here in this match and I think it's just going to start and continue a downward spiral of the Young Bucks and the Elite on this night. It seems rapid th- to go with all of them on one night. Well, I think it's just like a good way to start like a downward spiral sort of character shift between all of them where they're they're the heel faction continues to lose and we start pointing fingers at each other and it's another interesting take on this group because it is kind of getting stale. So I'm nothing about Adam Cole's stale. Yes, I agree. Again. He did just get there, but the, yeah, the but group, he doesn't the, need to stay with the, the elite, the group as a whole. Well, I don't think Cole's leaving anytime soon either, but I do think he will eventually, but I don't know. December when Kyle O'Reilly's contract expires, he's not going to leave as soon as Kyle O'Reilly gets there. I don't think so either. I just think that, you would have to be like I would I would be willing to bet that by the time all out next year or even double or nothing next year rolls around that we're gonna see a match between the Bucks and Kenny versus a reformed undisputed era, whatever they're gonna call it. Yeah. The disputed time frame. <laughs> sure. I'm sure they could figure out a better name for that that group. But but yeah, all right, we finally have a difference. I'm going with the faces, and you guys are going with the heels in this match. Okay, well, fine. It's going to be a great finally. fucking match. Yeah, that's going to be an awesome match. Like, like this card is fucking stacked. I'll, I'll say it again. Like, I can't wait for Saturday. So the next one is a singles match for the AEW Women's Championship, and it is Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Versus Ty Conti, Dr. Britt Baker with Rebel, not Reba, and Jamie Hayter versus Ty Conti with Anna Jay. And this is about as easy of a pick as humanly possible. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker DMD wins because it's not Thunder Rosa. So it's clearly going to be Dr. Britt Baker. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm on the record on this show as saying that Thunder Rosa will be the one to dethrone. Britt Baker for the AEW Women's Championship. And I'm pretty sure that that's happening. That's going to be happening at uh, Revolution next year. So it has to be Britt Baker here. 
Ty Conti, as good as she's been, is not on Britt Baker's level, not on Thunder Rose's level as far as being ready to be AEW Women's Champion. So has to be Britt Baker in this match. It's got to be Britt Baker. I got nothing to say. Nothing to add. Sweet. Yep. So next up, we got Daniel Bryanson. Yep. <laughs> now it's just funny. <laughs> now we got Brian Danielson versus Miro uh, to determine the number one contender for the AEW championship. So the worst part about this is obviously we saw and talked about the leaked card a few weeks ago. And then it was supposed to be John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Obviously, that's not happening anymore. And if this was Brian Danielson versus John Moxley, I would be taking John Moxley in this match. Really? Yeah. Because of who, who, who I am taking and probably all of us are taking in the main event uh, to set up a face versus heel dynamic, I think that John Moxley will be turning heel soon. And probably when he comes back, will be a heel. Uh, but I just don't see any way that Miro wins this match. And I don't see how Tony Khan could reasonably make the decision that Miro should be Danielson's first pinfall loss or submission loss. So... I'm going with Brian Danielson here. And I mean, it's, it's going to set up him versus the winner of the main event, which we're about to talk about. And it makes when that comes around kind of tough to predict, but luckily we're not going to have to predict it because it's probably going to happen on TV or at one of their special dynamites. So I'm, I'm going with Danielson and I'm pretty sure both of you are as well. I was never going to go for anyone but Danielson as soon as we saw that leaked card. Chad, you taking Brian? Nope. Shut wow. the fuck up. Seriously? I have been reading online some stuff. And I've been reading major sports entertainment writers' opinions on this one. And I think that some kind of funky finish could be in store for this one. And it might involve someone's wife. Lana, we've been saying it for a long time. Brie Bella showing up. Wow. wow that's not what I meant. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> um, I think that the heel dynamic versus face dynamic works so well here that you could sell Hangman Adam Page really well. It's Alex said it, and I thought about it, but then I saw some stuff on the internet that can that swayed me. I was like, no, it doesn't make sense to Danielson to lose. And I said it over and over again, but Miro wins the match. Wow. Funky finish. Wow. I have thought that Lana was going to show up. I even considered her for something we're going to talk about later tonight. Mm-hmm. Later in the night because it's mm -hmm. the morning right now, but doesn't change my opinion. Interesting. Well, let's get to the main event and talk about Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. And let's just talk about this. Let's just talk about why this is going to be in the conversation for match of the year. I mean, this is the story of the year. I mean, is anyone, no one's taking Kenny, right? No. 
No. Yeah, we're all taking. We're all on Hangman. We all want Hangman to win. If Hangman doesn't win, we riot. A la the 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 sign that said, "If Cena wins, we riot." Back from that ECW show back in like 2005 or six or whenever. Six. Yeah, one of the best signs ever. Can't wait to get there in the retro reviews. But that's we're a long ways from there. But um, yeah, if if Hangman doesn't win. That would just be one of the dumbest booking mistakes that Tony Khan could possibly make. But the the story here is just so well built. It's it's been so long, so long in the making that there's a zero percent chance, I guess a point one percent chance that Hangman Page loses this match, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be match of the night. I I hope you're right on match of the night. And Hangman usually puts up classics. And we all know the, the six-star bout of the year machine, Kenny Omega. Is this the match that Kenny Omega has on AEW on a pay-per-view that finally shows that Kenny Omega is still the bout, the best bout machine? Because let's remember that the Christian Cage match was good, not great. Let's remember that the exploding death match was okay, Great. terrible ending. Have we had a match on a pay-per-view in AEW where you go, oh my God, Kenny Omega yet? No. I don't I think so. I mean, And I hope that this is the one. I, the, I have, like, the hype is there for this is to be the one. The triple, but, the triple threat between Kenny, Pac, and Orange was fucking amazing i will say that but you're right it was not it wasn't even five stars yeah according to melter well, according to melter at least but it was it was not omega versus okada no and possibly no thing ever will live up to that feud and yeah, i'm not expecting it to ever hit that level that's an, that's an unaccomplishable goal but i do expect this to exceed five stars for melter which will make this one of AEW's best matches of all time. They've had a bunch of five-star matches. They've had a couple go above five stars. The cage match from last pay-per-view got above five stars. The Kenny and Hangman versus the Bucks from Revolution of last year got above five stars. Like they AEW has put on greater than five-star matches, and I expect I'm expecting greater than five stars from this match. And Hangman even called Kenny the best bout machine during the promo this week during the contract signing. So if we don't get that Kenny Omega during this match, I mean, it's it's best bout machine or bust. I agree. That's where I'm at with this whole thing. With, with Kenny Omega and AEW, I think this is, is the make or break of whether he can be the company guy or whether he's going to fall back into mediocrity where he kind of was and up until he became the champ. Yeah. So that being said, you have, you have Kenny Omega retaining here, Chad. Yeah, obviously. Oh, there it Just is. Kidding. On the record. <laughs> Just kidding. On the record. No, Kenny loses to Hangman because why the fuck would I ever pick against that? I don't know. You'd have to be really dumb. Yeah. Hangman wins this one in a landslide. All right, well, uh, let's go with our prop bets now. Uh, if there is blood, who will bleed? Who do you guys have? 
do you remember when, when there was the cage match for the for the AEW Tag Team Championships, and we I all actually, chose one of the Bucks? Oh, I was gonna fuck with you and say I don't remember that match, but yes, we all picked Matt Jackson. Okay, I got Nick. <laughs> <laughs> were you? You were just waiting to see which one we picked and which yeah. one we got wrong, because. Yeah, absolutely. I'm picking Matt Jackson because <laughs> he's the only one that didn't bleed last time. And I, because I watch being the elite, I know that Nick Jackson is dealing with an ankle injury and probably isn't going to be crazily involved in this match. It's probably going to oh, be taking yeah. a lot of downtime during this match. So I'm going with Matt Jackson for my blood because they're in a false count anywhere match. Well, I already chose my yeah, man. sucks to suck, dude. I mean, maybe he'll bleed, and that'll be the reason that he's down for a while. And nice, bank on that. Nursing his ankle injury. What about you, Chad? Chris Jericho. It's a Minneapolis street fight, and that guy bleeds all the time. Yeah, I was actually between Matt Jackson and Dan Lambert for picking. I, I also I was between Chris Jericho and Dan Lambert. Yeah, I, I almost picked Dan Lambert. I also think Dan Lambert's going to bleed. Jericho here. But yeah, I I'm going Chris Matt. Jericho goes through the blood and Chris Jericho picks up the victory in that one over Dan Lambert. But I think Chris Jericho will get some kind of hit from one of the men of the year and kick some blood before he picks up the win. Nice. All right. Second prop bet who not on the card will make an appearance. And I will just say right now that I had someone written down and I just refreshed the Wikipedia page and they are now on the Wikipedia page. So I'm making my prediction on the fly here, but who do you guys have? Can you tell us who you were going to pick? Brandon Color. Okay, nice. Oh, yeah, he's on there. I guess I'll start. I'm picking Don Callis. Damn, I was going to pick Don Callis. Uh, a, it says the Omega with the elite. Is Don Callis the elite? That was my question leading up to this. Uh, I think Don Callis is kind of the elite. Oh, Members, I just went to the Elite's Wikipedia page. Members, Associates, Don Callis. Fuck. Can't pick him. Fuck. Or or the Good Brothers. Budge. Well, the Impact it's and AEW, the, the uh, Impact and AEW contract that they had where they could co-mingle is apparently over. So It actually doesn't have the Good Brothers as members it has them as former members of the elite but yeah if you want to pick them go right ahead but no i, I do don't not. Think, i don't think they're showing up fuck uh, this is a tough one all right i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready i got one you guys ready yeah no sean spears that's pretty random all of the pinnacle has a match except for sean spears well oh or Wardlow is announced in the mjf match. Well, he's announced as a with so I'm picking Sean Spears to show up in one of those two matches. That's a good choice. Yeah, it's actually not a bad choice. Sean Spears. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah, good luck. I don't Fuckers. know what I don't know what I'm gonna do. Pick Tony Khan. No, he never shows up. And he wouldn't be legal. <sighs> Just say Bray Wyatt. It's fine. I'm not doing it, even though, I mean, we'll talk about it afterwards, but if I'm, if I'm going to get the Brian Danielson versus Miro match wrong, I might as well get something right. 
So I'm going to say CJ Perry slash Lana. If Mira right. wins, it's because she shows up. So I'm going to get something right. Uh, this is so hard. This is this is the only every, one. Every match has fucking win. It's like this guy with this guy versus this guy with this guy. Except for the CM Punk match, every fucking match has wins. Yeah, and CM Punk and Eddie Kingston have like no allies, with the exception of Kingston with Moxley, and we all know that he's not showing up. Do I have to do it? Are you going to take him? Are you going to take Wyndham Rotunda? Do I do have it. to? Do it. Do it. Bet. Do it. No balls. Ooh. Or Braun Strowman. You could also pick Braun no. Strowman. There's internet rumors. There are internet. There are more internet rumors that both of them are going to sign to Impact. You could also take somebody from New Japan that's uh, currently touring in the United States. I was thinking about Okada a while ago, and then I completely forgot about it. So I'm going with Okada. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I, I I was like earlier in the episode, I was like, I think I should pick Okada, and it was it's like even in my search history. But like, why? Like, would he just show up after Hangman wins and walks out, and Kenny's like? The only, would, the only would Adam Cole and Brian Danielson debut after the main event of the show. But so what I'm saying is like, th- this is what has to happen in order for Kazuchika Okada to show up on that night to set something up with Kenny would be hangman wins hangman celebrates while Kenny is still down in the ring. Hangman leaves. Kenny is still on camera after the show, they're still not off the air, and he's sitting there in the ring being like, holy fuck, somebody finally kicked out of the one-winged angel because, I one, for one, I also think that that's happening. And then you hear Okada's music, and he comes out, and they go face-to-face. And Does it have to be show- Okada versus... versus uh- Who the f- why would it be anyone else? Do we not just announce the best friends as part of his faction? Yeah, that's that's why I was why choosing can't it be something is, they're going with, you know, that's why I was choosing him is because they, they talked about chaos earlier this week. The, the best friends are not even on this card. So backstage. You think that Okada will just show I don't up think Okada is debuting. Okada is no, a- but I think they the best friends could show up backstage and that lead to something that then takes fruition later in the card. Well, doesn't matter. That's who I picked. The thing not, is, I, like, not Wyndham Rotunda. I hope it doesn't you're matter. Wrong and it's, it's, I hope it's Wyndham Rotunda. It's, it doesn't have, like, would Okada versus Omega in AEW be a huge fucking draw? Absolutely. But Bryanson, I said it again, <laughs> like, he, he is going to be working dates with New Japan. Yeah. Why not? Why oh, not that? that's a really good point. So you're saying after Brian Danielson wins the match, then Okada comes out after that and he they could. get face-to-face? Yeah, there are multiple like points where, where he could come out. I would say that's there's literally just those two. But yes, that's you're multiple. right. That is multiple. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to keep it. I thought about it earlier tonight, completely forgot about it. You reminded me, and then I picked it. Yeah, I was going to talk about it afterwards. Nobody picked Okada, uh, like what everyone's thoughts were. Like, if he would, 
could he? So I guess will we see Wyndham Rotunda or no? potentially? Yeah, I, I think there's a good I chance. I, there, I think there's a good chance that he does show up. It's it's like right after his no non compete clause ends, but more rumors point to him going to to uh, impact. Trivia question for you. Where did they get the first name of Wyndham Rotunda from? Uh, Wyndham comes from Barry Wyndham, and Rotunda is his last name. Okay. Why did he name him after Barry Wyndham? I answered your question. I don't want a second question. It's because like... <laughs> his dad, I was future say his IRS dad. Mike Rotunda, was tag team partners with Barry Wyndham long before he transferred his name to IRS. When he was just Mike Rotunda, his tag team partner was Barry Wyndham for years and years and years. And they are best friends in real life. Yeah, and that's his real name like because they're best friends. I was going to say his manager, but I would have been really close. If you didn't know, Barry Wyndham and Mike Rotunda lost the tag team titles the first ever WrestleMania. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot you told me you watched that this week. It was bad. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our predictions for this Saturday's Full Gear. Obviously, you'll be hearing the show if you're listening when it comes out on Saturday, and it'll be coming out at midnight on Saturday. So you have all day to listen to it and hear our predictions for the show, and we'll have the graphic going out with everyone's predictions for the pay-per-view. And... Here's to hoping that, you know, maybe maybe I could win for once, but, you know, probably not. Why do you have the belt? Because I have I don't know who Alex is. I've met him at this point now, but he, he's not like, wanting he, to give it up unless somebody comes and gets it. That's not true. I just like don't know who Alex is. I've met him well, twice now. <laughs> Luckily, he'll never get to see it because after full gear, I'm going to be the champion. Okay. Actually, that's that's real, comical. Yeah, I know, right? I'm so bad. Uh, real quick, actually, let's just do tiebreaker times. Um, I have 12.08. Ooh. What time does it start? Eight. You're, it starts at eight? Yeah. I have 11.36. 11.57. All right. Cool. No rhyme or reason for any of those. Literally just tiebreaker. That was times. a complete. I literally just named a number between the two of you. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. pretty much what the tiebreaker is. You're just <laughs> hoping that you know. Price is right rules, bitch. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it is, it's closest. It doesn't have anything to do with going over or not. Um, but that is. Now, the finishing up of our predictions of Full Gear. Uh, next week, we're going to have, obviously, our beer ratings from Full Gear. And because Survivor Series is the week after, next week is also going to be an extra long show because we'll be having our predictions for Survivor Series. Uh, like we said earlier, it's ramping up to be such a good card. Can't wait for Survivor Series. They've done such a good build for it. <laughs> And uh, we'll be recapping the week that was the build-up to Survivor Series as well as what happened on Dynamite following Full Gear. As always, you can follow us on Twitter.
Twitter at DDT WrestlePod. And we've been the Drunk Dudes, Dylan, Joe, and Chad. And we'll catch you on down the road. I was thinking about you.